0: This is Chris Hargraves and welcome to another Tips for Lawyers podcast, episode 16. Today we're going to have a talk about how worthless you are, which I thought was a pretty encouraging topic. Um, But before I do, just a couple of housekeeping matters. The first is you would have potentially notice that the Tips for Lawyers site has actually changed. If you are a visitor to the site, if you go to www.tipsforlawyers.com, then you'll have seen over the last little while that I've actually completely rejigged the site. And as part of that, the podcast show notes and the links to some of the things I might mention through the podcast have actually changed location. So for previous podcasts, as well as for this one going forward, uh, rather than being tipsforlaws.com slash episode, whatever, they can now be found at tipsforlois.com slash podcast slash in this case, 16. So, today's show notes will be tipsforloys.com slash podcast slash 16, and the rest of them follow a similar pattern, 15, 14, 13, etc. So, if you do want to get the show notes or have a look at the links, you can get to all of them either from the homepage or you can get to them from the individual show notes, which all follow that pattern. So, today is episode 16. If you've clicked on it or downloaded it because you thought the title was interesting, hopefully I've come up with a good one, but uh, basically, I wanted to talk about the value that young lawyers provide, and in particular, I wanted to have a talk about three principal aspects, but really we're talking about value because I think a lot of young lawyers and perhaps a lot of graduate lawyers and law students coming into a firm don't quite appreciate the worth that they have to the firm. And so today I'm going to run through some aspects of how young lawyers can start to approach their worth from a few different perspectives. And the first one I, have, one I have a talk about is attitude. Now this is probably the most significant out of all of them and it, it is a real transition I think that young lawyers need to make as they go through graduation, they come through their training program and they in fact become young lawyers and start to work up the ranks in the actual professional realm and that is that you do have a worth to your firm. Now as a law student, it's difficult to ascribe the worth because you weren't actually contributing to a greater whole. So as a law student, what were you doing? You were working essentially for yourself. I know you probably had group assignments or whatever, but by and large, you were working only for your own ultimate goal. You were working personally. You were generally doing most of the work yourself, but most importantly, you were doing it to achieve something for yourself. There wasn't a real sense of purpose other than the achievement of that self-goal for you. But as you'll probably have found as you've come into the law firm realm and you've started to work in the private sector or perhaps for government, that you are in fact now a part of a much larger puzzle. It generally involves a lot more people. It involves a lot more pulling to and fro. But more importantly, it involves contributing to goals that are not necessarily ones that have been set by you. And so, it can be difficult to know as a young lawyer where you actually fit in to that overall uh, bigger picture. And as a result, it's difficult also to establish how much you're actually worth. And it's difficult to understand your sense of worth when it comes to a law firm, because you think ultimately that you don't have any. Certainly, that's the experience of a lot of young lawyers. They think they are ultimately worthless. And that's not a great attitude to have. I mean, just the fact that you're at the bottom of the professional rung doesn't mean you have no worth. The reality is you do have a worth, and it's important to come at your legal practice with that attitude. Now, it's also important to be realistic about it. You do have a worth. You are playing an important and integral role normally in the production of legal services for clients, but you need to bring a realistic flavor to it as well. At the end of the day, you are not able to do some things. You are not fully knowledgeable in some areas, you are not contributing in some areas, but you are fulfilling a particular role in a particular firm. And I think if you come at it with the sense that many people talk about in terms of uh, some of the, I guess, the the positivity realm uh, of psychology that I've spoken about before, but, you know, you might ask three different people, all of whom are bricklayers, what they're doing. And the first might say, I'm cutting bricks. And the second might say, I'm building a wall. And the third might say, I'm building a cathedral or I'm building a commercial building or I'm building something of great significance. And I think really that third one is the better attitude to have as a young lawyer, because whilst when you get to work, you could be saying, I am shuffling paper, or you could be saying, I'm paginating a brief or doing an index. Try and think in terms of the bigger picture, what is the thing that you are actually contributing to? Who is the client? What are they trying to achieve? And how are you assisting them to achieve that? Because at the end of the day, your index to that brief may assist a barrister who may be arguing a case of considerable consequence to a particular person. Or maybe your uh, paper shuffling or your research, say. Research is a common task for young lawyers. Maybe your research, which may not appear to have any great significance if you just think about it as research, but maybe your research is designed to keep someone out of jail. Maybe it's designed to have a contract settle that otherwise couldn't. Maybe it's designed to allow someone to succeed in a family law case of great significance. Maybe they are trying to keep their kids. Maybe they're trying to be able to move house. Who knows? There are any number of realms. And I think to have a real sense of worth as a legal practitioner, even as a junior legal practitioner... The far better mindset is to not be thinking about just the immediate task, but think about the bigger picture. Think about the goal. Think about the client and how you are assisting them because that's going to give you a far greater sense of worth in terms of your attitude. So if you can bring that attitude to your day-to-day work, I think you'll find it'll help you in any number of areas, not the least of which is your motivation. It'll help you keep your energy up because you will have a sense of purpose and that sense of purpose will allow you to do things with greater positivity, greater meaning, and ultimately it will allow you probably to do them better as well because you'll bring a real drive to the job if you can understand the bigger picture. Now, I appreciate you don't always know the bigger picture, but often you've got enough of it where you can have that proper sense of purpose. So that's my suggestion on the attitude you bring. If you want to avoid that sense of worthlessness, bring a proper attitude to your work. And that leads into as well the contribution aspect. And it's something that I think young lawyers have a difficulty doing, which is, what am I actually contributing? What is it I'm doing? You know, you write a letter and it gets red pen all the way through it. You do some research and you got told you missed something. You draw a contract and you got told it was in the right order. So it can be difficult uh, to really understand what you are contributing. And as a young lawyer, of course, you're contributing two things. The first is you're contributing by learning as a young lawyer. Your training, your learning, your failures, and the way you approach them and how you do it next time, they are all contributions to the overall firm. And I've spoken in previous podcasts, and I've certainly done enough articles about the way in which young lawyers should be adding value to the firm and how that should be really what your focus is on in terms of career progression at least. But adding value to the firm and to your clients and to your firm's clients is where your focus should be. And that will allow you to have a sense of contribution as well, that you are part of a bigger team. So we remember what I said before, at law school, you're primarily working for your own goals and you're primarily working by yourself. Sure, you talk to other people, but by and large, the buck stops with you. But once you're in a firm, the buck doesn't stop with you necessarily. Maybe you've got people you can lean on. Maybe you're part of a team. Certainly, there will be other people around Who will be part of the legal job that you are doing doesn't always mean they'll all be working on the same job but they're working as part of the law firm enterprise and so you are contributing at the end of the day to the functioning of a firm that is endeavoring to serve its clients well to make a profit so it can pay its staff so it can grow so it can serve more clients well and that is the sense of contribution that it will assist you uh, to keep up again your motivation It will help your attitude as well if you can understand and appreciate how you are actually contributing to the firm. So to the extent that you can with your day-to-day tasks, if you're finding yourself flagging, if you're finding yourself feeling what the heck is the point of all of this, have a think about what is it contributing to because the glamour of the task is not necessarily connected with its importance in terms of contribution. And the best example I can think of is a larger firm that might have a mailroom. And maybe it's got someone you know fairly young, not necessarily with any qualifications, and maybe their responsibility is to open the mail. And that might seem to them to be a worthless job. But picture this, what happens if they don't open the mail? And you might say, well, someone else will do it, but maybe someone else isn't around to do it. So if that person simply stops doing what they're doing, or perhaps the people who are responsible for making deliveries in the afternoon just decide, oh, we're not going to do it. Imagine how much of a ripple effect that is going to have throughout the entire firm. So allocating importance to a job based on its level of glamour is not necessarily the best way to get a sense of contribution. You get the sense of contribution, again, just like with the attitude by looking at the bigger picture. Look at where your piece of the puzzle falls in the building of the cathedral, or in our case, where your piece of the puzzle falls in the service to a particular client. The research you do, the letters you write, the documents you amend, the way you articulate things, the telephone calls you have, the meetings you have that might seem otherwise boring, they are all contributing to a firm's ability to grow, make money, and serve more clients better. And if you keep that contribution in mind, you will find your sense of worth in terms of the firm will grow, you will become more confident, you will understand more about how things are working, but if you only ever look at the discrete task, you won't be able to get that perspective, and you won't be able to start thinking in terms of the bigger picture. So when the time comes to take ownership of files for yourself, and exercise some greater autonomy, you won't have as good an appreciation of exactly what needs to be done, because you'll have spent your whole time stuck in your own head. So I do encourage you, think about contribution from a bigger perspective. Now, contribution, of course, leads us into the last one for today in terms of your sense of worth when it comes to a law firm, and that's money. Now, this can be a really difficult one for a lot of young lawyers to grasp in terms of their contribution and their value and their worth in a law firm because it's very, very difficult, isn't it? You see people who may have budgets that are double yours, they might charge out twice as much as you do, and at the same time as well uh, you see potentially a lot of time getting written off and you see bills getting written down or discounted and sometimes you might see your own time getting lines drawn through it and cut in half or something like that and you start to think well am i actually doing anything of any value here i mean what's how are my monetary contributions really being viewed and there is a real risk here and and i want to encourage you to uh If this is you, if I'm about to describe you, then I want you to step back and really think about whether you are doing the right thing, because what a lot of young lawyers start to do, having seen that, is they start to second-guess themselves, and they do it at two stages. The first stage is when they're recording their time. So I'm assuming here that you might be doing time recording in terms of your billing process. Uh, That means you write down what you do every six minutes usually for, for lawyers generally, but I know there's different ones around there. And young lawyers start to go, oh, that task took me too long. I better better write less time down than I actually took. So it took me an hour and a half, but I should have taken an hour. So I'm going to write an hour down. And what I want to say to you, if that's you, is stop doing it. Because there's a number of really critical issues to understand every time you make that decision. The first is it's not up to you. Unless it has been specifically said to you that you should be doing that kind of thing, as a junior lawyer, it is not up to you to record less time than what you spent. That is not your decision to make. Uh, You write down how long it took, and there's a number of reasons for that. The first is, the firm needs to know what you're doing. The second is, if a particular task is taking you habitually longer than what it should, then someone needs to know about it so they can help you to find a more efficient way of doing that task or so that you can explain why it's taking you longer than perhaps you or they think it should. And the final reason is, and this is the one where a lot of lawyers don't appreciate it, is that it has been factored in when the matter was delegated to you in the first place. So the fact that I might be able to write a letter in half an hour and it might take you an hour and a half does not mean that you, if you've got 10 years less experience than me, are necessarily doing the job inefficiently. Because if you think about it, the fact that it might take you three times as long doesn't really matter if the charge-out rate is appropriate. So, to get from zero to a settled advice, say, to a client on a particular issue... There might be any number of things that are involved to do that. I mean, we all know it's not just a matter of writing the letter. Generally, it's reading the material. Sometimes it's doing some research. Sometimes it's just considering the issues, drawing a little mind map, seeing how things work together, and then mapping out the advice and writing it in a structured and relevant and meaningful way for the client. Now, all of those tasks might not be tasks that are worth the client paying $500 for per hour. So if I'm going to charge them, say, for an hour of my time, and that's going to cost $500, but you might take two hours, but you're only $150 an hour, well, there you go. The client's just saved $200 to get to the stage of a final draft. Now, I'm going to go through it, and that might take me a little bit of time, but it won't take me anywhere near as much time as it would have to do it from scratch. So don't assume that you're doing something slowly. Maybe you are, but that's something that needs to be picked up in a different way. It shouldn't be picked up by you when you are recording your time. It's a trap I see a lot of young lawyers get into and it flows through at the other end as well because the firm looks at the figures. Don't think they don't. Every partner looks at the figures of their team, whether you're in a big firm or a small firm. They know what's going on these days because most time recording is done electronically and if it's not, it's at least entered periodically enough that the partners can tell if you are being productive with your billable time or not. Chances are you've got a budget and if you are constantly second guessing yourself about how things how long things take then you are doing your firm a disservice but you're also creating a perception that you're not working that hard or if the firm knows you're running it down they're creating a perception that you're constantly concerned about your own efficiency now that's not to say you shouldn't do things smart and that's not the subject of this podcast but you need to obviously choose a way of doing things that's as efficient as possible to come up with a quality product but what it does mean is do that and then write down the time it took that's it don't discount yourself if it's taking longer than what you were permitted to spend on it in the delegation process then you need to go back and talk to the person about it Now, I appreciate some firms may have different rules. Maybe you're encouraged to write down. Maybe you're told, if you spend more time than that, only record that time. If that's you, then that's fine. But by and large, I don't think that's a good process for any firm to adopt because they're not getting accurate figures about what people are doing and how long things are taking. Now, I said there were two. The second time this value issue comes up where young lawyers don't appreciate the dollar value of their time is at billing time. So many firms have a billing process where uh, you, perhaps as the junior lawyer, if you have a carriage of a file, you will be going through uh, the report and making some recommendations to your supervisor about what should be billed and perhaps what shouldn't be billed or what should be written down to a lower figure or something like that. And, of course, there's two ways to do that. You, some firms will look at the overall bill and might just go, the overall bill is too much. We can't pinpoint any particular thing that seems to have uh, made the bill go over, so we're going to write the whole bill down by a little and then just spread it across the field in terms of the people who worked on it. Um, And and that's not totally irrational. Uh, It does sometimes seem a bit unfair if you're on the receiving end of it and you thought it was someone else's fault, but uh, I'm sure you can get over that. But uh, what a lot of young lawyers have a tendency to do is they see their own time. Once again, this is another opportunity to second-guess yourself. You didn't do it at the time and then you see, oh, if I had this up, I've spent four hours on something and oh, was that too long? And uh, I don't know, maybe it was too long. And if you've got enough experience to make that decision, then it is a good time to review and, and actually make a rational decision. But if you are relatively junior, and by this I mean maybe one or two years out of post admission, there's a reasonable chance you don't yet have the experience to know how long was too long. So. Over time you will start to get an appreciation for how long it will take people at different levels to do different things and therefore how long is too long. But if you don't have that appreciation yet, look, if you're really concerned about it, the best thing you can do is just flag it and say to the partner, look, I'm not sure um, whether that might have been too long. I've added up my days entries on preparing that advice and it looks like it took me 10 hours. Do you think that was too long or do you think that's appropriate? And they'll make the final decision. Uh, That's fine. Uh, And it's an opportunity for them to to ask you why you think it took so long, or for you to perhaps find some more efficiency next time. Maybe the job, though, was just bigger than what everyone thought in the first place. And if that's the case, then maybe the bill is entirely reasonable to send. So don't second guess yourself at writing your time down, but don't second guess yourself either when it comes to billing time. Make rational decisions based on your level of experience and also based on how much has been factored in already as the delegation process because you are expected to take more time on things than a senior lawyer might. That's simply how it works. If it didn't work that way, everyone's charge-out rates would be the same and everyone would be doing the same kind of work and it would be silly because that's not how the real world works. So I wanted to use those three examples, attitude, contribution and dollars, as three ways in which you can start to develop a sense of what your worth is to a firm and also start to get a real sense of how you're adding value, how you're contributing to the overall pieces of the puzzle, and how you are a genuine contributor to the firm's operations. And it's not just from a monetary sense, it's from a client service sense. Look at the bigger picture, figure out what you're involved in. You might be involved in some amazing matters, and you might be an integral part of those matters. It might not be the glamorous part, but that doesn't make it any less important. So don't undervalue your contributions on any level. Don't overvalue them either. I'm not encouraging you to be egotistical or arrogant, but don't undervalue them. Appreciate what you are doing. Appreciate also what you're contributing to as a whole, the clients you have, their legal issues that you are assisting them with, and I think you'll find that overall you will get a far greater degree of satisfaction out of your day-to-day practice. That's all I had for today. This is Chris Hargreaves from tipsforlawyers.com. You can find the show notes at tipsforlawyers.com/podcast-16 and I will see you next time.